0: Hey, you're looking to buy, sell, or invest real estate? I mean, you could do it yourself, or you could get a real estate agent. Well, I got the real estate agent for you. Her name is Diana Guzman. More than 15 years of experience, knowledgeable in Section 8, property management, finance, loan, name it. She probably knows it. She's a nest when it comes to real estate. Her motto is simple. She doesn't BS. The goal is to get the deal done, and she gets the deal done done and if she can't do it she has a team and resources that could forward you to somebody who could get it done don't waste your time in getting a real estate agent that doesn't work for commission. get you someone who's willing to fight for you and represent you in the way you need it diana guzman the lioness of real estate contact her today 201-233-7773 or email her at diana guzman sells nj at gmail.com <laughs> Welcome to the episode of Dio Talk. I'm Dio Let's Talk. Uh, my guest of the evening is a talented, talented writer. Uh, she's here to tell her story, to talk about her book, What Are You Looking At? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ali Carbone.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me, Dio. Talented, <laughs> talented writer. I love that. There's two in there.
0: Yes. I mean, you You have a, an amazing book out right an amazing story you're 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 someone who i admire just by the words you've written in your book and where you you have stated i'm not i'm not sure in the book but in interviews and where you're like you know how to be a mother without having children
1: mm-hmm. yes I, that was
0: good and i think that's the most uh amazing thing a person in your and your in your in your life right because you're somebody who who at a very young age, became a teammate, a partner, someone parents can rely on and, and sacrifice her well-being as a child to improve others. And I think that's uh, very something you have to admire and respect.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for saying that. Yeah, for sure.
0: For sure. You know, I usually ask my guests what inspired you uh, to write this, but I think we both know why. Sure. Right. So I guess
1: I was, I was going to say before, uh, it's funny you bring up that, that line. Um, I I think the, the line is uh, I've learned to love like a mother without ever giving birth. Um, That was a poem that I had written um, like right before my 30th birthday, I was having like a real emo night. Um, (laughs) I, I was in the middle of writing the book, but like, you know, not like, not really there yet um and I wasn't sure um what I was gonna ever kind of do with that and I remember like I was on Instagram on my 30th birthday I, like posted a picture I posted the poem whatever and then towards the end um when I was finishing the book I'm writing the last chapter you know I wrote like the last scene and it didn't feel like an ending to me it, it didn't feel like it was uplifting sure but yeah, like yeah. I wanted something that kind of like encompassed my whole story and I was like oh my god that poem <laughs> so I went and and grabbed it and then I ended up having um um someone I I call her my spiritual advisor uh but she's she's just like this amazing spiritual woman that I have readings with all the time um, I <laughs> love her voice I had her record it. And then I used it. Um, that audio is kind of like the promo for my book. Um, so there's definitely uh, it's it's been used in like a lot of a lot of the conversation. Um, but it's not what inspired me to write the book. Um, there's like definitely like an interesting story that, that has nothing to do with like my life that, that, <laughs> that i writing the book. So Um, you know, well, I guess it it does have to do with writing the book. So I guess like towards the end of the book, you know, you'll, you'll read after I moved out of my parents' house, I was like really lost it. I had no identity my brothers. Um, and just like top level, like it's deeper than that. But I was just like, what can I do That will make me feel happy again. And, you know, I was working with my therapist and we're just trying to go back to like the ways that I coped when I thought I was happy, like when I was a kid, which, you know, I probably wasn't. Um, But dance was like a big part of my day to day schedule growing up um so I had found a dance studio in Manhattan um and you know took like my I think I was like 28 at the time like took my old ass self to this dance studio where like most of the kids are like just entering their 20s if that and there was uh this girl who was probably around the same age she noticed me kind of sitting by myself um in class and like came over like it was such like a like a childhood like trauma yeah yeah as an adult like in the playground like she literally brought me over to a group of people like introduced me um and then her and I actually became super close like I would drive her back and forth to the studio because she lived in Astoria I'm um, in Brooklyn um and one night on our way home from dance she told me she was writing a book like she was doing this course oh wow She was a poet and she knew I was a writer just like with work I I write for a living like for a marketing uh, agency um and I was like what do you mean you're writing a book like I'm writing a book like (laughs) I always like had this idea I knew my story meant something I knew my story needed to be heard but like how do you start like how do you yes yes I don't even and it was and it was her she was like she was like I'm doing this course do you want to do it with me and and that's kind of what got it so I, I think the friendship inspired me um to to share my story cuz i always knew i wanted to um but i needed to be led in the right direction and it's not lost on me that that was like a very serendipitous situation the way i met her and um you know the dance studio closed down probably 2 months after i met her for covid got it and that was it so and then i started writing so um you know it's it's interesting it's it's definitely Life works in mysterious ways. So, yes, I but- mean, I
0: definitely I'm glad it happened because you, you know, you, you were able to uh, put your experience on paper. Right. And for those uh, who are, who are going to watch and listen, uh, the book is basically about your experience with your, your autistic brothers. Three. Yep. yep. And and what's what's what i admire about it is that you have finally somebody's telling their part of the story. Because everybody focuses on, you know, autism. I know my son; he's six years old. He uh, he's autistic, but it's like I, I I like to listen to those who are going going through it. If yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I um I was just looking. I I have the book in front of me. I don't want to think I'm like looking off the screen. I was looking because there's a in the introduction or in the back. I write something about Michael, Anthony, and Luke kind of being the main characters of our family. Um, So the whole purpose of this book for me uh, was, ironically, like the sibling is kind of like the, they're the one that's not seen when you talk about our family situation. So Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to shine a light and give a voice. This is what's ironic, give a voice to the voiceless in this situation, which ironically, aren't my brothers. Um, It's siblings that have to kind of live their lives in the shadows. Um so yeah like the the book for the most part like I'm detailing um my experiences which a lot of people will relate to it doesn't necessarily have to be autism either like yeah. one thing that I had a bunch of people kind of reach out to me after reading it um you know if you had a sick sibling or addiction or a parent it's really anyone that grew up in yes. a house where there were special needs present you know um so so yeah that's i i really wanted to kind of put uh, those stories forward. So in the beginning, I'm talking a lot about, you know, these traumatic out in public fights and, you know, having all the teachers in my house, like, you know, the way that that made my brain develop. Um, but it's mostly about raising, you're not raising yourself because that's doing my parents a disservice, but kind of being raised in the shadows where you're taught that your needs aren't they can't come first. It's not that they, that they shouldn't come first or that you're not worthy. Um, But, you know, when you're a kid and you know, you're the, the fourth child and there's, so I have three, I have three autistic brothers. I don't know if I've, I've gotten there yet. So, you know, one is definitely enough and then there's two and then three. So, you know, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. You have to, you have to be okay with coming, coming last, not because, not because you deserve it, but because they simply have more yeah. need to do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of where I I wanted to um, write this book for the people. The story, the story that no one ever really talks about, you know, yes, it's always, yes. the perspectives are always from the parents. And this is another thing I, I know I'm jumbling a lot. No, um, no, no,
0: no! Don't worry. You're you're hitting the the nail. You're hitting it's
1: these... a it's a large story. Yeah. You know, it's it's the life. um But I think one thing that people don't really think about is that siblings are the ones that are going to be around with these kids for the majority,
0: mm-hmm. the yes. yes.
1: Um. But we're the perspective that is least often heard. Um. And there's two parts of it, right? Like there's the there's the um the the coordination part of it like yeah i'm going to be responsible for their finances and their health care and all that and if they're not in a group home that's a whole other situation but then there's also the social part of it like how do you continue to have your own life when you're responsible for three kids that aren't necessarily yours or any kids that aren't yes. necessarily um and that's a pressure that that a lot of kids grow up with you know in their head and i think that's um you know that's a that's definitely a, a conversation um that should be had.
0: Yeah. Was it difficult for you to like you're because as you write, you gotta go into deep thinking and where everything is detailed, every memory. Was that something? Did you go through like an emo a, emotional roller coaster?
1: Yeah, I definitely. Don't want to say that this book fucked me up, but I think it might've like, (laughs) like I've been in therapy for three years, a little bit more than three years now, or no, I should say four years. I moved out. I've been in Brooklyn for about five. It took about a year for me to kind of realize that I really needed it. Um, But the amount of like therapy I've done, it definitely made me super self self self-aware, Um, but those therapy sessions are only 45 minutes and we would dive in and we would Mm. talk about it. And then I could escape it, writing this book, like I'm writing scenes and I'm like going back and I'm reliving a lot of these experiences. um, And I'm seeing them now with this education that I got from my therapist, you know, with this new bird's eye view of like what I deserve versus what I got. And it's like, holy shit, like you're re-experiencing it because you're I'm I'm sitting there, you know, I'm a writer, I'm smoking weed, I'm trying to like get in the vibe. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a five-year-old again defending my brothers. But now in the back of my head, I also have this this shimmy's voice, my therapist saying, Little Allie deserved this. And it's just like a mind fuck. Like,
0: no, the, yeah, it's, it's crazy.
1: It's very cathartic, like it was. It was a healing experience, but it was also an eye-opening experience. Um, And it made me super passionate uh, for who I, and who, if you read the book, the main, pretty much the main character is little Allie. Uh, You know, that's my child self. Like I always um, said, she can be my therapist the greatest thing about her is she became my advocate and especially like an advocate for little Allie, because when I first started therapy, um, a lot of it was me defending my parents and like mm. their, you know, they, you know, what were they supposed to do? They did the best that they could. And she always held space for yes, absolutely. But two things can be true at the same time. I think Writing this book made me a fierce advocate for Little Allie in the same way that Shimmy always kind of has been. Mm-hmm. And that's been different. That's been a different experience because it's kind of pushed me into frustration and anger with some family members. And you start to really look at your life like as a macro view. And, you know, I definitely have gotten a little blamey. Like, and that's, that's natural, right? Like that's grieving. Yeah. It's like when you, when you learn things, um, but you know, you, you look back and, and you're like, hmm, wow, it would have been really nice if I had this support or, or this support. Um, and those are some things that I've been learning. And, and in these interviews, I'm trying to make sure that I tell these lessons Because it's going to be super important, not just for siblings who are reading this, but for my generation of people who are starting to have families to realize, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone always says it takes a village uh, to raise a kid. When someone is disabled, usually that village disappears because people don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. Yeah. Right. And I know you probably know this all too well. One thing I really am like trying to drive home with this book is that, like, if you don't know how to help the parent with the disabled kid, if they have another kid, help them, like take an interest in them, like do the big brothers, big sisters thing where you make them feel seen because chances are at home, they're not getting the typical attention that a yeah. child needs to feel worthy, you know, growing up um, and having an adult that has no sense of self and doesn't feel worthy or can't put themselves first is not healthy it's why we have a lot of adults out there who act like kids in in certain relationships or or whatever um so one thing that I look back and I see and I'm like I wish that there was an older aunt or like I had cousins that definitely kind of took me under their wing but they were also the older they were the older, cool cousins. Like they were, it was, they weren't adult. It wasn't their responsibility. Like I'm starting to see that now, like I'm as being an aunt to like a bunch of my friends having kids, like how can you reach out to siblings? How can you make kids feel seen? Um, because like, it is important. It is
0: the yeah. shape of those
1: brains are like seriously important, especially for, for siblings in special needs situations.
0: No, I agree 100%. Was there any moment after you got into therapy, after you wrote this book, was there any moment in where, like, I don't want to say confronted because it, it's too so aggressive, but, like, had yeah. to sit down with your, with your parents and, like, they yes. actually heard you? Because that's the thing about parents. Sometimes, and I'm guilty, we going we go through so much that, you know, we it's like we... We are, without knowing we're avoiding conversations. Yeah. That that are very much needed. Was were you able to have that conversation?
1: Yes. And that's I think I'm super lucky. Like I don't know that a lot of people have this relationship with their parents. Um, and it has to do with personalities, right? But also me and my parents, the way we grew up, it was three on three. So like I've always been very close with them because I always felt like I was a part of the parental unit. So I've never had a hard time telling them how I felt. I just didn't know how I felt until I <laughs> yeah, started doing yeah. this. You know? um, and yes, before the book, like there were times when my therapist and I, like, were like, "All right, I should sit down and like tell them all these things that I'm realizing. Like, this is why I'm I have so many fucked up relationships, or I keep picking the wrong men, or you know, I I keep I'm in this chronic depression loop. Like, I want to tell them how I feel, you know, and and it was hard um, because. I did not want to give my parents any more pain than they've already experienced. And undoubtedly hearing that your kid feels like they were collateral damage in the way that they were raised. And it's not even the way that I was raised. It's the life that I was raised in the home. I was raised in that's got to feel helpless. Like she, I know that my mom probably feels like she had one chance, like one kid to kind of get it right. And and it's like, you know, it. it's, it's hard to hear. And I wanted to make sure that it wasn't going to come out blamey again, like accusatory or like, and every time I sat down to have those conversations, little Allie came out. It was not therapy. Allie was gone. Everything Shimmy told me to say right out the window. And I'm just like blurting like therapy musings, just like my feelings. And my mom took it all. Like she took it all. She fought back to none of it. Um, she apologized profusely and, and tried to make the changes. And then we we'll go back and talk to my dad. And I would have conversations with my dad. Um, so before the book, we definitely did have these conversations. But um, me and my mom, definitely back and forth. Me writing the book, it definitely changed for my dad. I think that was um, an eye-opening experience for him to read. Um, everything that I was kind of going through in high school, just like things that they would have never realized that was happening under their noses because, you know, what, everything that was going on in the house. It,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, you're you're going to make me fucking cry.
1: <laughs> no, listen, it's, it's, it's it's,
0: a, hard. it's hard because, you know, as I like am a dad, you, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's difficult, you know, and I can, I can imagine how you felt. And how he felt, and it was, you know, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard.
1: I, I, if you like, I, it's gonna take me a second to find this. Um, so if you give me a minute, I would like to read the text message he sent me. um, Yeah. After he he read it, it's all right. I'm gonna. (laughs) It's gonna be forever, but he sent me like a big long thing about how, um, you know, he had no idea, um, you know, how he wished uh, that he you know, could have done X, Y, and Z. Um, but how grateful he was um that I found friends that, you know, were able to kind of give me I found my outlets. Um, and just like how how proud he was, and and you know, just saying how how it was just such a eye-opening experience. Um, you know what? I I do need to find this because it's, it's <laughs> I think also like with you being a dad, like he said. As I finished the book I found and I I think that my I'm reading this with confidence that my dad is a very emotional person and I think that more parents I wish that more parents were like this specifically men um for their, <laughs> for their daughters for their daughters yeah. So I'm reading this because I want, you know, like, it's important. Um, Al, as I finished the book, I found myself starting to shake, which turned into a full-blown uncontrollable sob. I struggled through the poem, stopping to take take off my glasses and bury my face in a paper towel while mom tried to intervene. She wants to talk about why I'm crying uncontrollably while I just want to finish reading uh, and process my emotions. I muttered to her how proud I am and how I asked her to leave me alone as I finish. I read every word down to the word I will. I can't wait, I can't seem to shake the sobbing for at least 45 minutes, but I do start to realize my emotions were brought on by how unbelievably proud I am of you for being so brave and putting your story to paper in such an impactful way. I also know my tears were for the years of pain you have endured and I'm sure continue. I think that's what weighs the heaviest. I am so thankful for those who have come to lift you up when you most needed it. Al did I tell you how proud I am of you you took me on a journey these last few days much of it i knew but from a much different lens seeing your life through the lens uh seeing your life through your lens was a perspective i never considered and i am truly sorry for that ultimately al the one constant i always believed in was you you are a remarkable woman brave brave beyond belief resilient and resilient as fuck i love you uh, and then he talks about how he goes crying again and you know you, you when you hear that you realize like that's where I get my writing from you know he has to set the stage in the beginning um, but to get that message from him like we never really had a, we've had a couple conversations since it like his mm. friends calling him and saying how it, in, it impacted them. And he'll reiterate the message to me. He never really had to say much more to, than that to me than for me to know, like yeah, yeah, how much it, it changed him. Um, so I think as my relationship with my parents continues to go back and forth because it's like this, this journey we're on together as a sibling and as parents and as the boys get older, like it's never ending and it's going to continue to go up and down. I think like as much as there's going to be back and forth with how i feel and them continuing to learn why i feel certain ways mm-hmm. i know that it's a safe space and i know that that they now get it one thing that i really tried to drive home with them was that as parents most of you guys got to live your life normally until you had kids you know my parents got to experience childhood and friendship and all these things without the trauma of autism in the house. Like I have never experienced the pain that you guys feel. I've never not experienced that. I've, mm. and that's the that's the the home, and that's the love, and that's the stress. That's the energy that my brain was molded in. You know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's one thing that, and that's for all childhood trauma survivors, people who grow up in shitty situations, like you have to hold space for them and, you know, give them a little, a little extra attention, you know, and, and yourself, you have to give yourself a little extra attention and, and space. If you didn't get to, you know, catch it when you were younger, go to therapy, you know, so many people don't have the resources for therapy. Like I'm so lucky that I'm even able to, to have these conversations with someone who's able to be like, yeah, you, yikes, you need to, you know, up. <laughs> exactly yeah. like, I can't I can't imagine. So like my my biggest goal here is to start like the mental health conversation. Like mm. I know you uh found me through Instagram. Like I'm definitely like little miss like like to post my selfies, like like to be fun and crazy, but like I also like to joke about like my mental health and like be real about like my insecurities and like you know a lot of people are out here struggling. Like a lot of people are out here with high functioning depression. Like a lot of people are in pain yeah. and we don't talk about it. Like nobody talks about it. And I like, when I hear I've gotten so many people reach out to me about how they feel the same, even if they don't have a family member, maybe it's not even like a special needs conversation. I talk a lot about insecurities and like just feeling alone and physical anxiety, the way that feels like hearing people say, I go through that too. Like when they say that, I'm like, oh my god! I'm so glad. Like that makes me feel better about writing 300 pages of this. Like complaining, like everybody, <laughs> everybody's going through it. You know, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I know I it's just, not a
1: fun conversation. Like, hey, let's all be Debbie Downers together.
0: No, but, but it's it's oh. the way you have them. It's way it's it's humor breaks a lot of uh, a lot of walls down, and it's right. it's certainly something that you need and it's a conversation not based on judgment but based on trying to understand one another yeah like i recently I, i'm reading uh marcus Aurelius' uh meditation uh stoke mm-hmm. is a stoke stokeism, something like that can't pronounce the word and we're like it's people who endure pain but continue to live life not not you know uh how do i put it not I don't want to say not realize it, but moving on as if nothing is occurring, you know, like yeah. he wrote he wrote that book, I think, 10 years before his death, what he was going through. But a lot of us like I I define myself as I'm somebody who, you know, I, I very much like you, I would not go back. If i had a chance as being a kid. I would not return. You know, some people, you know, will down that hill and say, hey, I wish I was a kid again, not me. I would not return to that place, so yeah. i very I very much understand where you where you're coming from and how you feel, and you have every right to feel that way, yeah
1: yeah thank you
0: once thank you, you you're welcome um once you wrote this book, were you able to feel like a weight was lifted in a sense? Uh, I mean because it's never it's never yeah. that easy.
1: The weight has not been lifted. the fog has been cleared. Mm,
0: preach yes
1: um the weight will never be lifted um however i don't feel as confused i don't feel as scared um yeah i i think um i also just like the 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 response i've gotten um has been healing for me in that i know no matter like what happens tomorrow. Like I, I've made my mark. Like I've had people say like one of someone said that one of my aunts had told my mom that my cousin said that he was like finally ready to start therapy. Like Uh the cousin, I have a very big family. This is a cousin I literally don't even talk to like, I've had friend, you know, like people from college that like 10 years ago, I probably had one conversation with like, reach out to me and say, like, I was going through the same shit at the same time. We lived a couple doors down. Like, you know, I wish we both knew we could have been there for you. You know, like mm-hmm. that, that stuff makes me feel like I've done something um, for a greater purpose. Um, but no, the, pre- you know, the, pre- the, the pressure, the weight will, will always be there. I think in some ways I feel it a little more, um, because I almost feel like this responsibility now to kind of be a, a representative for like these up and coming siblings who like, are just starting to kind of like go through this shit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm starting to like work with Sibnet um, and my brother's school. Um, they have like a Sib group um, that's like the advocacy group, um, you know? So I definitely like part of me like wants to work harder to get this message out to be, um, you know, a light or a person or a resource or a reference for people going through it. Yeah. And, that's definitely that's definitely pressure and that definitely aligns with like the, the the thing that i'm trying to get out of in this whole book of like putting everyone else before me and like being the caretaker but like also like like my name's alexandra the greek meaning of that is a uh, protector and defender of mankind so i'm nice. gonna take that seriously
0: yeah and, yeah you well
1: know, and just try to like continue to like the pr- i i write it in my book um it's it's heavy, but it's it's my suit of armor yeah and yeah. i'm I'm proud of it and um yeah i'm 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 proud of my of like my it's not a battle it's a war yeah. and and I'm not afraid I'm not afraid of how long it is and you know i've definitely i'm definitely nervous of the future and like what it's going to be like when my parents are gone, but like, you know, we'll prepare for that. And I'm sure by then there'll be bigger sibling groups and who knows, but I feel clearer. I feel, I feel clearer about my purpose. I feel clearer about, you know, uh, my impact and I feel clearer about the, my message and like how I can help. And that's that.
0: I mean, it's, there's no doubt that it's scary, mm-hmm. but what I like, what I, I, you know, what I like about what you're doing is, you know, you're a badass, you're a strong woman, and how do how do I put this, like, to, you have to be aware of the danger in order for you to progress. If you're not being aware of the danger, you're just being, you know, a dumbass like everybody else, and you clearly understand that, and I think, It's At the beginning, when you're starting everything off, it feels exactly what you're saying. But as soon as, you you know, it's like you stated in the back of your book and where you're still trying to find yourself. You're finding your path. And once you, you know, once you find it, there's no one going to stop you. And then you're going to take pride in that. And now you're going to become one of these special individuals that can just rip, you know, people's heads off because it's not what is right and wrong. It's because what they deserve, you know? Like for me, me being a dad, it's fucking scary. I'm I'm constantly I one time I was uh in the park with my son and you know he's very that's one thing about it, he, he likes to explore, right? And he saw these kids and he went up and tried to take like a fruit or a chip and I was like, no poppy, come over here. And you know, when I'm walking away, they 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 yell, they yelled, uh, you should put your child on a leash. You know, so I took everything that I oh. had to just, you know, so yeah. I. It's hard, but you know, God wouldn't give you, wouldn't give us, this motive if we wouldn't be suitable for it. You know, absolutely. So it was a building process. Oh yeah!
1: Oh yeah! You know? Oh yeah! A lot of those, a lot of those experiences growing up. See, the difference with you is, you can't talk back to to the little kids you can't fight back but when it's your sibling yeah. and your your group like i i was i was always ready to fight like and that's you know i realize that now like i have like a little like i don't have a temper i i get shaky in in tense situations because i'm i feel like i'm i have to be ready to defend not defend but yeah. like you know i have to be ready to like pop off like and oh, just, yeah you yeah. know, in the nastiest way possible,
0: you know, I mean, you but you, you have to because it's like, oh man, it's it's so frustrating because you got to keep a balance. But yet you it's like. I do jujitsu. Right? I did jujitsu. Right. And every time, like every Friday, they wanted to invite me out and I was like, no, I'm good. Now I'm good. And they started building a reputation and we're like, I'm this guy who doesn't want to partake with them. But I've, I've advised them numerous of times and we're like, I have a special need child at home. And, and honestly, I'd rather be with my son and my family then. And, you know, it took it took them a while until I had to, you know, pump the brakes. I had to put them in their place. And we're either going to understand or you you are going to understand. And as a parent or a sibling with child with special need, that's a constant battle. But you cannot let anybody walk all over you. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting too. Like, uh, like when I was younger, it was different. Like I was saying to my friends the other day, when I was a senior in high school, it was one in 99 boys born. And now it's like, what, like one in 38 or 46, something, something like that. Like, I feel like, and it's that wh- whatever the conversation is like, I feel like it's so much more prevalent now. Like people understand it a little bit better. So like, you can kind of see your allies like in certain corners like you know i could always spot an autistic kid a mile away or like you know yeah um but it's definitely i feel like it's i i wonder if it's gotten if it's gotten any different or any easier um for siblings or just you know but it sounds like not if you're still you know going through those public situations
0: no, it's, I mean, I live in the hood, you know, so, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so I don't, but also like, I, I'm at a point in my life and we're like, I just, I don't care no more. My son is, he's going to walk. He's going to talk. We're going to, we're not, you know, we're not being uh cautious for no one because yeah. nobody, nobody will be cautious for us. And, you know, if, if this is the world we're going to take, then this is the world we're going to take regardless. Absolutely. You know?
1: Absolutely. Yep, I love like that.
0: um how long did it take you to write this book
1: um so it took me about a year to write my first manuscript which i then read and was like holy shit i cannot publish this this is a (laughs) diary entry this is a 20 chapter diary entry um and i rewrote it completely in the revisions phase which was like a six month period so it took me about It took me about a year and a half um, to write, but I had an editor. So like, you know, check-ins and all that. Um, and then I did six months of like publishing. I did like a little bit of like grassroots, like my own kind of marketing um, podcasts and stuff. But yeah, for the most part, like the writing process took about a year and a half. Um, I had a full-time job, like the whole time and I'm a writer. So it's writing nine to five and then closing my laptop and opening a different laptop and, you know, getting into this, this shit. <laughs> um but yeah a year a year and a half so it's 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 interesting it's hard it's like I know like I know I want to write a second book because there's um there's more to this story right there's the next phase it's what yeah. is a, what is a sibling who then wants to have their own life and still take care of their sibling what does that look like right but I'm also living like it's the the relationship portions of like this book of like you know me Constantly, kind of having these fucked up patterns. Like I'm still living it. Like,
0: yeah,
1: I would love to say that this last chapter, the way it ended on a high note, and guess what? Like we went right back down after I put this shit out, Mm. and like I'm starting to chug a chug a back up. But like, I know I want to write a second book. Like the story that I'm living right now is beyond. Like it's beyond drama. It's it is Netflix level it's wild um but like i think about it and i'm like holy shit i don't know if i can do that again another another book like another like writing like and it was hard like it was it was painful like i know the memories that i'll have to recount and it's like you know but it's but i'm also it's also worth it you know if you have a story if you have a story that you think that people can benefit from and it doesn't need to be this thick either you know like it can it can be poems. It can be essays. It can be just musings on a on a note your notes app that you put on Instagram.
0: You yeah, know? yeah.
1: Thing writing and touching people is touching people, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, but that's also your form of therapy. You know, sometimes going to therapy, you know, putting forty five minutes there when you feel like you're going a breakthrough uh, a breakthrough, they'll be like, ah, our time is up. So like. You know, you got to go, sometimes you got to, you know, face the music on your own and, and go through those uh, emotions, deal with that memory.
1: Yep. There's a lot of different like forms of that. Ther- like, obviously I've been in talk therapy for a while, but hello, it's, not doing it, it's not enough at this point. Like, yeah. so I'm trying to think, like, okay, I wrote the book, that was great. Like, what's next? Like, I'm really into and I'm very spiritual, so like I'm into all that shit, but like I've really been into um f- like learning about how trauma stored in the body and mm. like like stretching to type try and like release trauma. So like, I don't, I don't know shit about it. So I'm not going to talk yeah. about it. But like, you know, like there are so many different, there are so many different things that you can do to kind of release shit. You just kind of have to find what works for you. Right.
0: I mean, I, I recommend everybody to do jujitsu. Yeah. The, the, you know, choking, choking, yeah. ch- choking a motherfucker out. It's Woo! like the, the best therapeutic thing ever. Mm-hmm.
1: So like
0: that helped me, uh, shit. That helped me a lot. Uh, t- listen i got a
1: lot of i got a lot of rage i've been like <laughs> thinking like i want to go to a rage room i want to smash pumpkins what am i going to do maybe jujitsu maybe i need to take up i can't box because i got my nails no yet. no
0: jujitsu you know uh and
1: choking someone out sounds kind of kind of lit right now
0: <laughs> i mean it's a it's a give and take but it's uh i want to send the the ugh, i can't even fucking speak i want to say the um the lessons I've learned because it's a give and take, you know, some days you get in there and y- you ass get choked out too, you know, but it's, it's it, like, it gave me peace in a sense that I know when I go out there, I'm not always going to win. I'm going to go yeah. through shit and whether I like it or not, I got to deal with it. As long as I, 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 you know, I come out the other side. Okay. You know, and you know, when I, when I did it for the year, like I looked inward with an outwards and it helped, it helped my mental, uh, my ment, my state of mind drastically. Uh, It built me up and we're like, yeah, I I accept the fact that I can be a problematic person, you know, that I could be that person does not give a fuck, you know, but take pride in that. And learn that, you know, when I walk, I got to walk a better version of me than I was yesterday.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's, that's my main, that's my main thing. Just, yeah. Well, yes. Try to be a better person yesterday. My thing is I try to be uh, just like a good person. Like I try to, you know, it's like so dumb. (laughs) 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 Like, But like genuinely, like um, I try to smile at people all the time and like compliment strangers and like when someone needs something, help them like help people like if you see someone struggling in the street offer help like we i live in new york are you in new york where are you
0: uh new jersey jersey city
1: So like you know like where where we are like it's head down like like help people it it, you know it's so it does so much for you and for that other person
0: oh yeah you know I, uh, you know, kind of different in that sense You know, I, I try to help you in a way help yourself.
1: <laughs> Honestly, that's probably that's probably the way that I need to be. That's probably why I get myself into some fucked up situations because I don't. I'm learning boundaries and I'm learning the line.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's
1: a big thing with not just the book, but just yeah. like my childhood. Like I, when I see someone in need, I yeah. abandon all sense of self. All all you know anything i need for myself and i want to put my own into helping them and yeah. it's got it's gotten me to rock bottom more than a few times i mean but uh, you
0: can't you know you can't judge yourself because you've been doing it your whole life to, to break course. you know break that aspect down like you know it's a it's a it's something you develop with time and i think you're doing a great job
1: yeah yeah it's it's the lessons like i i've and i've so i learned a majority of the the shit through like romantic relationships uh for me personally and i'm finding as i get older the lessons are getting to be harder but it's because the the stakes are higher you know yeah yeah So it's like, yes you do have to learn but you have to want to learn too mm-hmm. you have to want to help yourself because yeah. i can continue this pattern that i'm in and just go find another situation that'll be the same and the next time i'll lose even more than i lost now Mm -hmm. like uh so it's also about like you said it's taking accountability for your own shit too Mm -hmm. i'm I'm learning that for my for myself you have to sometimes you have to let people take accountability as you have to take accountability for your own shit
0: Yeah, yeah i mean it's a you know what it's like i i recently learned what uh the, the the difference between a good person and a kind person, you know, you're like a your kind person will will sit there help you, but at the same time he's opening a can of Pass. He's telling you why you shouldn't do this and you should do this rather than a nice person just be that. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, and they're just keeping moving. So like I, I I see it as like you know if you're a kind person, you know let it rip. So what's next? So what's the next on uh, on your agenda?
1: Next, what is next
0: um well dinner dinner is next <laughs> uh,
1: it's 7 30 here uh no uh i think i definitely want to write another book um but like i said like i'm living it right now um i want to have more for the story like what what i have is good and and definitely will grab you but like i want to explore more of the sibling experience as we get a little older yeah um I am trying to get this message out. I'm trying to get this book out um, to have as many one-on-one conversations with people as I can, as many, you know, just impact as many, as many people, make as many people feel seen as possible. Um, That's, that's what's next is just trying to, is trying to um, push my message for sure. Yeah.
0: I like that. I like that. Um. So before we go, please tell the people where they can find your book, where they can find you.
1: Yeah. Um, so what are you looking at? I have it here. Uh, that's me. Uh, okay. It's on Amazon. Um, literally just type in what are you looking at on Amazon in the search bar. It'll come up. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Allie Carbone, at Allie Carbone, two I's. Um, that's one word. And, yeah, that's that's really where I am. I mean, if you Google me, put in Allie Carbone i'm up there the three brothers i've went viral before for this for the story so like you know my stuff will, will trickle in um but yeah follow me dm me um you can email me like that's one thing i love hearing the way that the book impacted you or i love hearing your own personal stories um as much as it helps you guys it also really helps me um so i i encourage that like flood flood my dms tell me how you feel about it if you hate it if you love it you know um i want to hear it
0: so well boom guys there you have it go support her go get the book i'm about to get it right now um go follow her uh dm her let her know how you feel make sure it's you're being respectful um because she is a, a beautiful young lady so you know keep that in mind Make sure you go to our YouTube channel, Deal Talk TV. Like and subscribe. Go follow me on Instagram, Mr. Dr. Spottain. I'm out, guys. Have a good night.